This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to Reporters Without Orders. Order, order. Hello and welcome to Reporters Without Order, a podcast where we talk about what made news, what didn't and some things that absolutely shouldn't have. Since our very dear Snikta has actually bid farewell to News Laundry, from now on, we reporters will be taking over this podcast and we'll be hosting it in turns. Uh, for today, I'm your host, Nidhi Suresh. And for the next consecutive weeks, it'll be Ayush Patsant and Akansha who will be hosting the show. Uh, we have with us today Ayush Tiwari, who's joining us. But before we begin, I want to tell all the new listeners about News Laundry. We're a 100% ad-free platform. We need your support to stay afloat. So please do subscribe to us and pay to keep your news free. Hi, Ayush. Welcome to Reporters Without Orders. Hi, Nidhi. Good to have you as the host. <laughs> it's a little new for me. So I had to go back and uh, listen to what Snikta usually does. Well, it'll be new for me next week. So, you know, I'm uh, I'm glad you are taking uh, the arrow first. <laughs> but you have hosted uh, Reporters before, haven't you? Just once. Just once. Hmm. Yeah. So, Ayush, where have you been this week? You haven't been at office. I've been around uh, in, uh, you know, the actually the east of Delhi, but the west of Uttar Pradesh, uh, mm. in the districts of Shamli, uh, Muzaffar Nagar and Bijnor. Mm. And I think um, the original plan was to spend five days there, but I didn't, I ended up spending six days. Uh, I've been traveling there mostly to cover the farmer protests that have been intensifying uh, in that region since, uh, you know, after the events of January 26th. So I actually thought I'll start talking to you a little bit before we focus on your report, a little Mm -hmm. about the context. At News Laundry, we've been covering the protest for the last three months. And while there's a lot of participation from different states, I think Haryana and Punjab have dominated the protest. But in the last month, there's been a lot of attention on uh, the protest site at Ghazipur, which mainly has farmers from UP. Uh, You have reported both from Singhu and Ghazipur, and Singhu largely has farmers from Punjab and Haryana. So can you tell me a little bit about what you observed in both the protest sites, how they're different and uh, why Ghazipur has become a highlight in the last month? Yeah, I'll give you the main difference that, you know, I've observed. First of all, I haven't reported much. I've been to Singhu only, I think, once or twice. And what the difference between Singhu and Ghazipur is that at Singhu, you can speak to um, these Punjabi farmers or farmers from Haryana and they can give you a crash course on farm laws and the Mandi system and everything else about how the farm laws will hamper their, you know, uh, the business they are in. And very eloquently, but at Ghazipur, you'd see that uh, that, that won't be uh, that easy to, uh, you know, capture. Because, first of all, uh, since the very beginning, the Ghazipur protest was probably the one that was least populated. Singhu was the main site, Tikri was a, a little, uh, you know, a couple of sh- uh, notches below that. And even below that was Ghazipur. But after January 28th, when, you know, the UP police, it seemed, was itching for a crackdown at the protest site after the Republic Day violence, Rakesh Tiket broke down in front of the media. He's the spokesperson of the Bharatiya Kisan Union. And that night we saw a lot of mobilization from Jot quarters in your Haryana and Western UP. And since then, it's been pretty much packed. So I've observed, I've been at Ghazipur for uh, you know, a few days and I've realized that people there are not really talking about how the farm laws will hamper uh, agriculture for them. But the resentment that has built up among farmers, especially sugarcane farmers in Western UP and even in Haryana. 
it is this resentment that is driving them to size like Gazipur and it, it the, the Andolan, the movement has very successfully sucked up all this resentment and turned it into energy to run this protest. That is, I think, the main difference. And where is this resentment exactly coming from? If it's not informed entirely by the farm laws, as you say, um, mm. as opposed to what's happening at Singur Tikri, where is this resentment coming from? It's coming from you know the sugarcane belt in uh, western Uttar Pradesh, specifically the farmers who are jats, who own a good amount of land, employ laborers, and you know in the since the Yogi Adityanath government, you'd find out that their MSP on the sugarcane produce hasn't increased. They haven't been paid dues by the sugar mills in the area. Electricity bills have you know uh, doubled. Their fertilizer rates have doubled. So it is this very regional problem, or at least I could tell, I mean, you definitely can tell us whether this applies to Punjab or not. But in Western Uttar Pradesh, these are uh, problems that have been persisting. You, If you Google, you'd find reports before the 19, 2019 Lok Sabha elections talking about how this anger was simmering at the time too. But I think it's the function of time that it has simmered to an extent where the Jats have very much turned against you know, the governing party in the state, which is the Bhartiya Janta Party, which has become really unpopular in at least that corner of the state in Uttar Pradesh. So you're saying that this is a grievance that's been there for a while, but this farmer movement uh, that began with the farm laws and the three specific farm laws has also provided them an opportunity to talk about this grievance as well and add it to the movement. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, you know, it's like an empty container where, uh, you know, it's also a, a shortcoming of the movement in Uttar Pradesh that it has not communicated well enough. Uh, why farmers must mobilize against the new farm laws. But that weakness is also in a way its strength because that leaves the line so blurred and everything becomes, uh, you know, so sort of um, confu- not confusing, but the lack of specificity of why this protest is happening uh, gives a reason for everyone who has a grievance against the state to come together. You know, so because they, they, they everyone, because farming is a sector which not hasn't been a profitable business for decades. So everyone at any given point, if you go to report, will have something to complain about. But th- this, this, these things have grown at such a monumental pace. And the communication strategy has been such, you know, uh, almost paradoxical that it allows for this very uh, patchwork mobilization in the in Western Uttar Pradesh. And and do you think is the state at all addressing these grievances separately? Has the state addressed this particular sugarcane grievance at all in this entire last month? Uh, I don't think, you know, yesterday I met Naresh Tikayat at his hmm. home in Sasoli in Muzaffanagar. This is Rakesh Tikayat's brother. Yeah, he's the he's the elder brother. He's the president of the Bharti Kisan Union, and he's also the the Chaudhary or the you know the chief of the BK, of the Balian Khap, which controls eighty villages in Muzaffarnagar. So, if I'm understanding it right, uh, Rakesh Tikayat sort of leads the protest from the protest site itself, and Naresh Tikayat does the behind the scenes work at home. Exactly, he's working mm-hmm. from the ground. And I was speaking to him, and I asked this to him when you know, when Prime Minister said the other day in the Parliament that if the government is still talking to the Form the farmers and the conversation is going on. They are negotiating, and I asked him, "How is how you know is that true?" And he said, "No, it's not at all true. The prime minister was not telling the truth. They mm-hmm. haven't been talking to us. There have been no talks between what the farmers have been asking for and what they are. The government is doing about it. And how do they articulate their? Do they explicitly talk about differences between farmers from Punjab, Haryana, and UP, or at the moment is it important for them to address each other as one unit?" 
No, they're, they're actually the their rhetoric is universal. So they know along caste or uh, class or regional lines, they say that they have universal support. So they say you know it's it's about farmers. It's not about whether you're a Haryanvi Punjabi or a Jat farmer, mm. or that you're a Dalit farmer or a um, or a Pandit farmer. But the, you're a, we are all bound together as a farmer. That is the the claim has a lot of loopholes, hmm. but in, in as far as it, the strategy goes, they claim that it's universal. It cuts across regional caste and class lines. And does Rakesh Tikayat or the farmers you met at Gazipur, do they talk extensively about the MSP? Do they talk about the farm laws at all? Uh, I, I I haven't uh, captured the bit about the farm laws much in the conversation. Uh, if you go and start speaking to some, speaking to people there, you know, just start a conversation without any specific questions. You'll always see it starts from the problems of sugarcane industry in Western UP. The MSP also comes up in that because the MSP of, of sugarcane, I think there is 315 rupees, which hasn't increased in four years. So they'll say that the MSP hasn't increased. And the most that they'll go forward is, you know, these claims around the new laws that they'll, our land will be taken away or that right. uh, our prices will fall. Hmm. So you've spent the last six days attending, I believe, the Mahapanchayat being held in Western UP, right? In Amroha specifically, right? Yes. Tell me a little bit about the Mahapanchayat and what, what it is, first of all, um, and why is it being held now? What was the mood on ground? It, I think it's a, a flexing of muscles, you know, on part of the farmers. They are, uh, it's a show of strength uh, because when you have these images, you know, first of all, they know also they're dealing with a government that is very image savvy and they're very sensitive to PR. So these images sort of, uh, you know, help them show to the rest of the country and the farmer community across outside of these three, four North Indian states that, uh, you know, that this sort of mobilization is happening. Uh, plus, it's a very old strategy of the BKU also to sort of mobilize in large numbers. You know, they famously did it during the Rajiv Gandhi's time when they occupied the boat club in Delhi. But the rally I attended in Amroha was not a, a BKU rally. It was not, uh, the tickets were not associated with it. Uh, it was a different rally by the Rashtriya Loktal, um, which is also, you know, before the Jats started voting for the BJP in 2014 and 19, their loyalties of the Jat peasantry, which grew sugarcane wheat, was with the RLD. You know, they've been winning the, that region for since uh, Chaudhary Charan Singh, who was mm. the founder. So it was a most of more, more or less a political rally. Uh, you know, some people from Samajwadi Party were also mm. there, mm. and the rhetoric which I could, you know, parse was more about how they will boycott the Bharatiya Janata Party than about you know the, the let's march to Delhi or let's uh, you know protest uh, against the uh, that protest uh, to revoke these three farm laws. Right, you is, make that you make that distinction in your piece itself, right? So Mahapanchayats yeah. are being held for two reasons. One could be for uh, in protest of the farm laws or to address farmer grievances, but the other is also to sort of see if this could be a moment to subvert the Bharatiya Janata Party. Yeah, because that's the one difference that uh, in next year we have the elections in uh, Uttar Pradesh, which is not uh, true for Haryana, which has elections, I think, in 2024. And pun even though Punjab might have elections, the BJP is never a you know, strong contender and it's not even the governing party. So which is what sets UP uh, apart in the sense that the farmer protests have an overtly political hue here. 
and the 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 jat resentment against uh, you know even though i make that distinctions between the two mahapanchayats being held in that part of the state the common thing between them is that if you speak to people there um, they are against uh, the bjp in, in very vehemently so much so that they say that you know we've put signs outside our villages saying bjp members are not welcome Oh, wow. or that mm-hmm. we are going back to the rld and rld is also of course being political party cashing on that sentiment and how is it locally there so when we so when we are visit singhu uh, you know speak to a lot of punjabi farmers they say that back home they have developed a system that if say uh, 10 of them are at uh, singhu protest and they're going back because they're tired there's another 10 coming from the villages to replace them right So mm. is there that sort of mood on ground there as well that they do have so you you previously said that there isn't much of a chalo delhi mood as much as there is to topple the government in up itself but what how how much are they willing to come to delhi and sit at gazipur is that sentiment very strong well you know um, the in this the second kind of political uh, mahapanchayats which are done by these political parties there isn't a call to uh, to march to delhi first of all because rakesh tikar i think announced a couple of weeks ago that political leaders will not be having you will not will not have a mic or a space on the stage at the gazipur protest That's so they across are, all the protests also right right so mm-hmm. i i remember tikar making that speech i was there that day but so this didn't happen there but yes the chalo delhi sentiment is pretty strong and that's being done through the whole uh, khap uh, panchayat system the caste council which makes you know they uh, every village once in 4 days sends 30 to 40 men on 3 to 3 uh, to 4 tractors and a truck which uh, goes from uh, you know the main village of sisoli which is almost the is the home home village of the tikets and it's also the some the seat of the khap panchayat in western uttar pradesh where as i said you know tikets are not just the chaudhrys of the their own balian khap they are also considered the tallest among all the other khaps which is the tomar khap or the rana khap or the latian khap all these khaps are responsible for 50 to 80 villages but they tell me that they are all very pumped up and one truck every 3 days goes from one part of the village and sisoli has three parts and they they give driver 500 rupees and they pay him for the diesel petrol but the driver himself because he's you know uh, because the tickets have such a strong social capital he does not charge uh, the rent for driving all the food and the people back to the gazipur protest so that sort of mobilization is happening but at the political mahapanchayats it, it's a little bit uh, amiss right and what are they saying that their protest will end if the farm laws are repealed because if they're protest in their own nuance way is not entirely about the farm laws itself are they saying that the protest will end only if they all decide that they will bring down the bjp government or will it end when the farm laws are repealed you know that's the thing that we don't have any good answers about yesterday i asked this question to naresh tikar and i said that you know at the top you this movement is about revoking the three laws but at the bottom it's about solving the crisis of agriculture uh, sugarcane farming in western up so even if your andolan wins even if you get the three farm laws repealed that won't guarantee that the you know mills will start paying the farmers or the msp on sugarcane will increase so how do you reconcile that so he gave me a very evasive answer and you know I, I, at the time i was i kept budging him but he did not come to the point he kept uh, most of the interview was him just lacerating the bjp government in state and center 
but it's this is something that also worries me is this contradiction that is building up because ticket brothers are driving the whole movement on this resentment of sugarcane farmers but the movement itself was conceived to revoke the farm laws so if one happens what happens to the other is the question which i think this uh, this at least this up sector of the movement hasn't uh, so far resolved and it's very interesting to see how you know you, it, it's interesting to grasp it on the ground yeah i mean one thing i find very interesting and one thing i find very uh, common in even though there are differences among the up and uh, punjab farmers or haryana farmers i think is essentially the protest seems to be about the way the government is treating the farmers even if it's about farm laws i mean this is my personal observation and you can tell me if you feel differently but i do think the the sort of resentment is coming from the way the law was pushed in as an ordinance the way they haven't been heard the way there is all this posturing about how there be open dialogue but on ground you know there's nails being nails being put down there's barricading there's people not being allowed including media so there's a i personally feel like the sort of movement is also really asking the government to fix their relationship with farmers fix how they speak to farmers and how they choose to engage with them right what do you, what do you think you know uh, it's very true for the gazipur protests after january 28 when ticket broke down hmm. because before that there wasn't much uh, enthusiasm or participation of jats at the protest but at the sorry you know i was talking to this village elder who was telling me that uh, you know every uh, because they talk of modi in terms of that he's the king you know and we are his subjects and this is not how a king should treat his subjects and he was telling me that you know he asked me this very odd question he said you know, what do you, what do you think gods eat when they are hungry and i was like what kind of question is that and yeah. i really couldn't answer it huh. and he said you know it's pride gods when they are hungry they eat pride that it, it does not matter to gods whether it's a pride of kings or of the people or of you know the heroes or the villains but at this moment just like ravan in the ramayana he was very good man very uh, knowledgeable man but when he his pride his ahankar was the word he was when his ahankar knew and did not know any bounds you know god had to teach him a lesson and the same can happen for the hukumat in this country going on right now the way they are treating farmers the way they you know refer to them especially the jibes about being anti national or uh, you know being have having links with pakistani or the chinese because for them they are you know taking out money from their own wallets i met people in the bku who just met me and 5 minutes before they had been given 1000 rupees from this passer by in the village who said bhai sahab aap paisa le jate hain movement ke liye ye rakh lijiye meri taraf se so he said ki we are collecting money from our own pockets to send it to to run this protest and the government says that we take money from pakistan or china or whatever so that pride uh, is also an aspect there and it's undeniable that the government by the way it's ha- it has behaved with farmers and the, the images that are coming out of these drone shots of layers and layers of barricades uh, it it makes it, it makes them question that this is a government that they had elected with so much pride after abandoning the rld and why is it's treating uh, them like they are some sort of outcasts or um, you know enemy of the state but it's interesting that they still refer to the to modi as a god because i mean what i sort of notice at pingu is that there isn't even a consideration of modi as a leader he's also, not even part of their world right yeah so, so they didn't, they didn't say he's a god but but they said that he's the king 
but that mm. when kings have too much pride gods eat that pride for their meals but you, you know? think there's still an acceptance of him being their king yeah, i mean king in the sense that in allegorical sense but yes they uh, yeah, say yeah. they, they are not as dismissive of uh, modi as you know uh, the sikh farmer that singh who are they, they still say that yogi and modi have done good work you know that they have removed crime for you from up the crime rates have apparently fallen i mean i don't believe it personally but they say so and things have been better but he said this is the only problem and this is a major roadblock it's the only exception it's, it's a major exception so actually that maybe uh, and this something i wanted to ask based on your piece also that you know uh, do you think that if the bjp addresses the concerns of of the up farmers regarding the sugarcane issue alone that then their relationship with the bjp is solved and they might just vote them back into power or do you think that this is an irreversible anger that even if the sugarcane issue is addressed the the bjp has just lost their chance in, in this area i think it's the form i think it's very easy it will be easy for the bjp to win the jats back now if they if resolve the agriculture issue definitely and one one of the close aid to naresh tikat was telling me the other day that you know uh, they say that one week is a long time in politics you know the election is more than a year away plus in uh, may this year falls the 10th death anniversary of mahendra tikat who was their father was a formidable figure in that region and in that 10th anniversary people from all over the area will come and the mp from the of the bjp from muzaffarnagar is sanjeev balyan who's also from the same cap as the tickets so he told me that when they come together for that 10th anniversary they'll talk it out and it will be all good and fine and the you know that the tickets would finally patch up with the bjp and the jats will be back in the party's fold interesting and and i'm also curious i was thinking of uh, when I, i was thinking of asking you what was the um, was it a largely male dominated mahapanchayat or were there women as well i think if there were 5000 men there were 50 women so it was uh, overwhelmingly male dominated but uh, these women were sitting in the front they were given space around the stage but uh, besides that i couldn't see any women anywhere Right. Yeah. So, uh, Aish, before we uh, end, I want to ask you one question as a reporter. So, you've been part of uh, reporting also on the Delhi riots and now the farmer protests, both of which are largely where the resentment is against the government and laws that have been brought in by the government. In fact, pushed in as ordinances by the government. I want to know, uh, as a reporter, what similarities do you see and what differences do you see? I know that largely they are very different and the sort of is also very different but i want to know as a reporter what is the difference and what are the challenges in reporting both well there's a huge difference you know if the government treated the jats even a fraction of how they treated the muslims who were protesting in um, northeast delhi you know anywhere in delhi then you know there could have been a whole uh, violent uh, revolution or rebellion against the state uh because you know you remember the scenes from uh, when the riots happened a year ago at this time uh those were very bloody times and what the farmers are facing is still very draconian but it has not come down to for example when nand kishor gujar the bjp mla from loni when he came to gazipur 
wielding a gun and threatening to take over the protest if they didn't run away you know he he couldn't do it he just came with some of his cronies threatened and then they put pressure on him and then he had to go because to the very sight of him attacking farmers and basically you know loni is in north uh, east delhi and most of the population in north east delhi uh, if you go and see are is also from west up these are basically the same people uh, you know who share the same language and ties in that given space so the thing that uh, kapil mishra could do in mochpur babarpur uh, nandlal kishore could not do in gazipur and that's the major difference but you know uh, the farmers are spirited they, they, they the judges also have some sort of entitlement they say that you know if something happens to us we will do this and we will do that the muslims as you can see in the court cases that's going on um if they are covered by the media and most of the mainstream media tends to ignore you know whatever We're happened to them talking about the muslims from the delhi riots yes the muslims from the mm-hmm. delhi riots they don't get bail or they are inside for so long and you don't hear from you don't even know if that part of the community has any leadership you know so so unlike these tickets who are these you know muslims they've inherited this power they have since ages you know the ticket title was apparently given to them one person told me in the 8th century by the toma dynasty when it was ruling delhi and it's that long lineage and if you come from that amount of social capital you have something to fight a government that is draconian but comparing that to uh, what happened to protesters in northeast delhi i mean th- th- those people just have a few lawyers and even those lawyers are being hounded you know and people like mehmood pracha and uh, others like him so uh, i think the the state's instruments are the same but the way these two different groups are responding to that sort of treatment is very different the muslim community just seems to have been subdued but the protesters in gazipur and all i don't think they'll take uh, any anything lying down and what about as a reporter i mean i i remember we've had conversations where you spoke about how your surname was asked quite a lot when you were reporting in northeast delhi and how the fact that you know you were a hindu reporter on ground made a difference do you see any of that happening in uh, in the farmer protest coverage or as a reporter you feel fairly safe and untouched i i do feel fairly safe i've i've been asked my name and i've been specifically asked my caste many times in western up in the last week but um, i don't think the people who were asking them had some sort of an insidious intent but i think anyone who's reporting say you know if if i think if there was a muslim reporter and this is at best a speculation that i can do would would feel way safer reporting in muzaffarnagar surrounding areas because there is some even after 2013 muzaffarnagar uh, riots there is in uh, you can see a good amount of coexistence of muslims and jats together you know they move eat, eat they eat together they sit down together a, a lot of muslim reporters had to face a lot of backlash when they were reporting on the riots but i think in this case identity is mu- not much of an issue they are actually grateful that any sort of media uh, is coming up to them and talking to them and uh, you know taking their voice out to national or regional airwaves in your report you in fact also talk about how this issue has sort of uh, provided an opportunity for jain and muslim communities there to come together what is the sentiment is there a difference in the anger towards bjp between muslim farmers and jain farmers like you were saying for largely the farmers if the sugarcane issue is fixed it might just make them vote for bjp again is that the same with uh, muslim farmers as well i don't think so i mean the muslim farmers face uh, you know different sorts of sort of harassment by the state in up 
and i met this person called gulam mohammad jola who was the you can say the right hand man of uh, mahendra tiket when he was alive and he actually left the tickets and the bku after the 2013 muzaffarnagar riots huh. so they, they were telling me that when the police catches any jat youth you know in up they you can get away with a fine of 10 or 100 rupees but if it's a muslim youth you have to pay 1000 10000 rupees so the resentment of muslim farmers is is goes way deeper than uh, what jats claim to have so even if the jats and the bjp reconcile at some point of time because of their demands or whatever backroom negotiations they have i don't think the muslims will in any way go and uh, support the bjp along with the jats that that won't happen no that's that's so interesting because uh, so the anger from farmers at singhu is very different from the anger at uh, that the anger that the farmers have in gazipur and in gazipur itself there's a difference in the kind of anger that jat farmers have and the kind of anger that muslim farmers have right yeah yeah definitely right i think we've come to the end of our conversation and uh, before we move on to our recommendations i just like to tell our listeners that we've also been hosting another show called let's talk about where we take a deep dive into particular topics we have guest speakers who debate and discuss on one topic at length we've had conversations on things like objectivity journalism artificial intelligence child trafficking nationalism and more so do check out all this valuable content on our website uh, which is newsonly.com now before we sign off uh, let's take a quick look at what recommendations we have this week ayush do you want to tell our listeners what you'd recommend for them yeah there's a piece in the caravan uh, by a reporter called sunil kashyap called muzaffarnagar riots and legacy issues rakesh tickets unlikely rise to farmer leadership i think it gives a great background to you know the caste politics and the farmer politics in western up and the second piece is the piece uh, that hasn't hasn't been published but will be out by the time this podcast is out uh, called um, why farmers saini farmers in uttar pradesh are in supporting farmer protests it's a report i filed today and it uh, you know it's sort of uh, talks about how this universal claim of support that the farmer protests in up are making that everyone's with them is sort of challenged by this one caste of saini farmers who have a very strong loyalty to the bjp as well as a very strong loyalty to republic bharat which all of them watch and so all of them are against the farmer protests that's an in- interesting thing but uh, i think people should uh, read this report I'd actually like to recommend this article on the website the article 14 it's called cities divided how exclusion of muslims sharpens inequality by mohsin alam bhat and asif ali loan um the report is a part of two part series and basically looks at how discrimination in rental housing shapes our cities how open and closed we are to certain groups of people and what it really reveals about our politics and sort of the spaces we choose to belong to Yeah so that's it for today thank you Ayush for the incredible reports that you've been bringing for us uh, and before i let you all go i just want you to know that apart from news we also have a lot of exciting merchandise like soaps bags water bottles and even scented candles which might be good uh, in case you're looking for a valentines day gift as well as pay to keep news free so you can do both at once please do check out our merch and be part of the community that proudly pays to keep their news free And listeners, if you're listening to this podcast on platforms like Stitcher, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, remember we have a website, newslaundry.com. Please log on to this website and see and check out the other cool stuff that we do, like interviews, 
podcasts, ground reports, and much more. And of course, we want to improve this podcast, and we'd love to hear your feedback. Often, there's a lot of things that we as reporters have to choose to leave from our reports, and sometimes we call it killing our own darlings. But uh, if there's anything specific you as listeners would like to know or would want us to talk about more, please do write to us at contact at newsroundry.com. And thanks again, Ayush. Thank you for having me. And with that, this podcast is adjourned. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.